Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Paula Price show with the one and only Dr. Paula A. Price, author of Prophet Dictionary, the Prophet's Handbook, which we have. And before the garden. And before the garden and eternity's generals and ABCs of apostleship, discipling apostolic Christians, and book one, and the list goes on. <laughs> the list indeed goes on. And uh, that is because my our God never stops. You know, God presses on. He's ever moving. And sometimes saints need to be aware of that, Prophet Ashley, that God is ever moving. Yes, he is. You know, God is not going to stand still waiting for us to make up our minds, to obey him, to hear him, for our kids to grow up and our, you know, family, our careers to be fulfilled. He's not going to do that if you're called, if you're chosen. Now, if you're called. God gives you a lot of wiggle room. So if you have wiggle room, you automatically need to know that you have not yet entered into the ranks and the realm of the chosen. I thought that was good. Yeah, you know, people think that's where they want to be until. You know, but God is always moving on. He's always moving because he can't be still. And he can't be still because he's constantly not just managing what he's made, but he's making and creating and birthing and begetting Every half second, every third of a second, and not one at a time. He's not a linear producer, you know. And so God is is, is he's he's a, 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 a an array. So you know we you look at animals. You must have. I think God gives us a clue, Ashley. You might like this. I think God gives us a clue as to how He does it. You look at the animals. Some of them one at a time. The big ones, the one that lasts longer, one at a time. The smaller ones. I've seen a, a, a dog, 12, you know, probably more at a time. But, you know, we ne- it never crosses our mind, why is that? You know, and how is that? Because the Bible said the, everything that we need to know about our invisible God is discerned by our visible world. So every aspect of him is producing every single time. You know, and the one thing I've learned about God is that if he wants it to last a long time, it's going to just stay a long time. Yeah. If he wants it to be a flash, it's going to just take a flash. Six weeks, y'all, you're done. Make it on your own. Go for it. See what happens. You know, 13 weeks, okay, that's it. And so that's as much of physiological and biological attention he's given it. So I will say again, if you have or uh, find yourself just, um, you know, God called me, but I said, I, God and I agreed, and he'd let me finish my career, or he'd let me raise my family, or he'd let me do all of that. We agreed on that, and so he's just waiting on you. I said, you are self-deceived because the call has wiggle room, and the chosen have no choice. If you are listening to me today and you're taking notes, write that down. 
the costs have wiggle room. They can pick and choose. You know, they can have a start date and, and they can have a, you know, a yes date and then a getting ready date. That's fine. And if you notice, you when you told God that when you were finished your career that you would do it, if you are chosen, he gave you no break. You got no break. You didn't get an opportunity to get your little, you know, Caribbean vacation. You know what I mean? Sleep till 10 noon. He just moved you from one activity to another. But if you were simply a called and not a chosen, okay, God let you, you did all of that. You're still waiting for God to tell you what to do. I wish the Lord would tell me what to do. I mean, I told him when I finished my career, I'd do so-and-so. And you're waiting, and you're waiting for him to tell you what to do. And he's not answering you because what he needed you to do is done. He had to move on. God is always moving. He doesn't stand. First of all, God can't stand still when he got all everything he created moving. He got to keep up with what he made. You know, it's kind of like I, got, I had these triplets and now I don't get breaks. You can't sit still because you have to keep up with what you made. And they just keep moving and moving. And they all have different rhythms and cadence and all of those kinds of things, despite looking alike or looking, you know, or being identical. So I want to say to someone this morning, you offered up a prayer, Lord, I'm waiting for you to tell me what to do. Here's one of, here you take one of these two answers. You either were called and missed your calling, or you were chosen and you didn't hear. Because when you're really chosen, God doesn't give you a choice. And that's where people argue. You know, when we hear all of these sermon, sermons we've heard and these uh, uh, charismatic teachings and whatnot, or, yeah, well, you know, the Lord, he's a gentleman. He's not going to do that. If God's a gentleman and the devil isn't, guess who gets beat up? Oh, my. Mm. That's when it comes. Come on, have it. Have it on your screen. Mm. Can you do that? Mm. Because... If God is restrained by some sort of human, uh, you know, uh, etiquette, like we know the etiquette of the divine world, but if God is restrained by some sort of human etiquette and the devil has, is a, a, a registered lawbreaker, he's a register, registered divine offender. He's registered throughout all creation as a defender, as, a, as an offender in the spiritual realm. So if he is registered as an offender and God is bound by an etiquette, who do you think going to get beat up? That's like you're telling criminals to have manners. And so even, I mean, the, when it comes down to it, the most civil person in the world knows that there are times where you have to fight for what you have, and that might require losing some of that civility. Because you don't hang on to what you have endlessly if it comes up under attack. And that's the part that we don't get. You know, we don't get that because, you know, America has been running on, uh, you know, the good time days of the Holy Ghost. See, God made this country so safe, it can't register risk. It can't register danger. It's not in its consciousness because everything in its psyche is based on God's peace. You know, we have been under a Solomonic era where it was peace. Nobody would dare touch us. Nobody would thumb their nose at us. You know, I look at the Internet now. It used to be when the Internet first came down, the first country up was the United States. Now we've fallen in alphabet. Things have changed, people. And so as hard as it is, and this, this, this conversation that we're having right now is for the chosen. The call is still trying to figure it out. 
When you're chosen, you're resolute. When you're chosen, you're unmovable. When you're chosen, you are built differently. The chosen are built differently. They are built to push back. They won't bend. They will lean, but they won't break. They will not stop. The chosen have got to be stopped because they don't have a will to stop on their own. Boom. That was good. Now, and I'm, I'm saying this because America was, you, we, we, we told history, and then we let people rewrite history. And when you rewrite history, you rewrite belief. And when you rewrite history, you, re, you rewrite value. And when you rewrite history, you rewrite consciousness and awareness. And then you rewrite expectations. And then you rewrite energy, you rewrite goals, you rewrite pursuits. That's the purpose of rewriting history is to alter the truth to someone else's advantage. Usually that someone else is a destroyer. So we, we, we have forgotten the history of America. Now, I'm, I'm an African-American woman, and that's all nice and good because, you know, we like to think that African-Americans have a different history. But understand, we have a later history. But we still were on the land. We worked it. We may have some outstanding credits and debits and carrying on. We might have that. But in the end, we had to fight to become America. And then the fight, we won so well. We did so well. I mean, we were so good at winning and keeping that which was entrusted to us. We began to archive the fight rules and archive the defending rules and archive the, the protections of our land and archive the protection of our posterity. So we archived that, and so, so much so, we pushed it so far in the back of the archives, we almost forgot that we were almost not in, in a country. We were almost not in America, a United States. So now, from the time the archive movement happened, we began to rewrite it. Oh, we want to write a softer path. We want to write a gentler path. We want to write a calmer path. We want to write anything but the truth, because destroyers can never take you out if you stand in the truth. The only reason we're falling right now is because the truth has been taken out. People have got to win your will to destroy you. They must win your will. And in order to win your will, they must turn it to their advantage. Either that or kill you. If they kill you, they no longer have use of you. They're only going to kill you when they have no more use for you. And so we are now at that point in this country where we've got generations and generations of kids who are, who are blinded by how they got here. They don't know. I, I sat down with, I told you once before, I sat down with a young couple about to get married, and they don't even know you have to pay for the water bill in an apartment. Oh, we have to pay for water? Yes, baby, and light and heat. Really? And I'm thinking you all are going to get married and sit in the dark cold and whatever else. Now, think about it. We, because we rewrote the rules, and we rewrote the rules that America is a peace-loving, peacekeeping nation, while we got crime running up the front and down the back, you understand that a lot of our rhetoric doesn't even make, play out at home. It doesn't play out here. We've got crime all over the street. We've got drugged-out citizens all over the street. We've got suicide-committing children all over the street, and we keep telling people we're about peace. We're pursuing peace. You cannot have peace when two-thirds of your people are trying to kill themselves. When all they want is the party life. 
all they want is this self-serving peace. And the reason that they're doing it is because they're hearing this rhetoric from pulpits, from platforms, from political conventions and political speeches. They hear this rhetoric, and they're chasing the peace that we're telling them that we stand for and that we have without ever finding it. So that disillusion becomes disappointment, and after that, it becomes destruction. There can be no peace without peacekeepers. And there can be no peacekeepers without peacemakers. And peacemakers only maintain peace because they have taken out warmongers. That's just logic. That's every nation under the sun. And somehow or another, we're living in our parents' golden eras. So we have the psyche of our parents' golden eras, you know, the 50s and 60s, right after we won World War II and all that stuff. We're, we're operating on that psyche and the philosophies that came out from it. And as long as we were going to do what it took to enjoy what we inherited as our win to become the United States, as long as we did that, then all of the forces of God and all of the powers and invisible powers of God were all peacekeepers. What you haven't recognized is that over the years, the more we push God back, the more we raise up his defense system. And his defense system is taking peace from us. That's why we keep having all of these stuff, all of these things, all of these outbreaks. It's taking peace. God, right now, our country, I would dare say, our planet is in the grip of God's self-preservation. I would venture to say that God right now, because we have already spurned him, put him to the back, told him he didn't matter, all right, we put up all our little teraphim and all the little sacreds that he has. So when you put up other gods in God's place, you push them back, you're going to raise up his own personal, his own sovereign self-preservation. Because, see, God loves nothing more than he loves God. That's why he can wipe out a whole planet and still go on. His world's intact. Lest we forget, Genesis said, replenish the earth. It didn't say plenish. Which is a word. It said, replenish the earth. If there is a replenish, there must first have been a plenish. So there was a time before this species came into existence, this generation was born, that God had an earth. And he had population. And they were vast, and they were huge, and they were powerful. And their job, their job was to keep the earth. Now, clearly, they fell into our stuff because they were largely, obviously, not mortal like us or not clay like us to, um, to our weaknesses. And so that they had an opportunity, you know, and we see it through all of the ancient nations God has taken out. When you step on God's self-preservation's toes, he is going to strike back. That's the whole story behind other. Other. He was like, you're in my business now. I'm not in your land any longer. I'm not in your house any longer. You're in my business. Now, where we are right now is where, where God's sovereignty doesn't really care. He's tired. He's irritated. He's offended. And he is taking a posture of, I'm keeping what I want. That's why being a chosen in this time will be a very safe place. Being a chosen and acting as if you are a chosen instead of a call trying to figure it out will get you in the ark of safety. And so 
God today, why, you know, you want to know what is going on? Why is it? God told Christianity, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And he said, now be careful. Be careful. I love how the Lord Jesus speaks because make sure that your salt doesn't lose its saltiness. You need to look that up. Because that, what we think it is, is not just seasoning your bread. That wasn't just an allegory statement. That was an idiom. And you need to look that up as an idiot, as an idiom, and see what he really said. He said, but make sure your salt doesn't lose its savor or its saltiness. And make sure your light doesn't go out. Because the minute you stop being the seasoning and you stop being the flavor and you stop being the, the, the curative, because, see, that's what salty means. Come on, I'm going to get it again. Yes. See, when we thought salt of the earth, you, because you got it locked into a um, into a, a an allegory or metaphor or something like that, proverb, you never realized that Jesus was telling us something. He was telling us something powerful. And so salt seasons, preserves, flavors, and cures. Write those four things down, and you can see where we slipped off the grid. So salt is a seasoning. So if something is too fresh or it's too new to be useful to survive its purpose for use, then you season it. You season meat to cure it. And to cure it means you take out some of the preserves, you get out, you know, kill some germs, bugs, viruses. When God said, come on, preachers, I want you to listen to me. You'll have something, something different to say on Sunday. <laughs> so when God said, that you are the salt of the earth. You need to research that. Every one of you all who are teachers and preachers, research what salt means, what it meant then, what it means today, and why it was an unending metaphor or unending illustration of the church's effect in the world. I need you to research that. Look it up and know it inside out because you'll understand why we chose scripturally organic culture and modified Christianity. So that's the first thing. The second thing he said is we are the light of the world, and don't put your light under a bushel. When we all made everything about the local church, the light went under a bushel, and it left the world. When everything was about the local church and bringing people to church and keeping people in church and getting them to come to church, when everything was exclusively about that, we literally took and made the local church the, the bushel over the light. And it started burning us up from the inside, but outside it was dark. So another light had to be made. People had to seek, had to seek another light source, and they did. And it wasn't us, and it wasn't our God. So as we go forward now, we're, <laughs> we're in the throes of everything aimed at us. It happens, but everything aimed at us, everything pointed toward us, and then everything in us want to kill us. That suicide spirit is a national thing. Because every, every time you hear this crazy talk about, no, we can't do that, I'm like, but that's a suicidal comment. Because if the peace is not, you don't go to the store and shop for peace. Peace is not what you shop with. Peace is what you negotiate with a higher power for. You have to negotiate peace. You can defend yourself from war. But you must negotiate peace because peace is in a being. The being that's pulling the shots, calling the shots, and the beings that's sitting around your negotiating table, peace is in them. 
and some of them are not granted peace. God said, if a son of peace will abide there, then let your peace rest on it. So, you know, we used to say peace all the time when we met people because that was a command and that was something that we did as a nation to make sure that that chaos never had a place. That war never had a place. But now that we've allowed the darkness to sit in the seat of the light, okay, and we've allowed sewage to take over our salt, it's sewage, then we are now fighting for people to even understand this. You have been so uh, mesmerized by death and mayhem that you didn't realize that you were being literally drugged by it. You were being intoxicated by it, permission for hell to tear up your country. You are get the citizens are doing this. You're giving permission. All of those laws you went, you were lulled into a drunken stupor over the mayhem of boldness and brashness and brazenness and, you know, someone being bad enough to take out this and to break the rules and destroy this. You have been lulled into an intoxication that gives permission to the darkness, to the evil forces that we're hoping to push back with peace to take out our country. You did that. All of these here riots in the street, you are doing it. You are the first shot. It's not the enemy that's the first shot. It's you in the street rioting. It's you standing up talking about we are our own. We're going to do what we want. Everything, every time we have a, a peaceful demonstration that's not peaceful, you need to find out why. You need, to, you need to figure out why. These riots must be paid for. Stop thinking they're spontaneous. They're not spontaneous. Who's the guy that we're talking about here that's paying for all these riots? Hmm? George Soros. These people are paying for your country to fall. They have bought people and are paying for your country to fall. That little guy over there in Korea not working by himself. He is not. Somebody has told him, if you, like you do with the little kids, you go, you go roll the bomb in and then we'll come bombing in the rest. Don't ever listen. Don't ever think that anything in the earth is spontaneous. Even spontaneous combustion is the best word we can give for it, but it's not that. Because the powers that be are ordained of God. But we have got to stop thinking in America, we have to stop forgetting our heritage. You know, I want to take down this. Yeah, well, you know, they were the Confederates. Right now, baby, if you were standing on the side of a road and a Confederate truck came up and saved you from a, a modern gang, guess what you're going to do? You're going to be thankful to that little Confederate because that was the only thing there that they had to work with. I think that, to me, the whole, the whole thing, to me, reflects America's growth. And we can't decide that we want to pick and choose what we want to be in our history. We grew. You can't erase your own history. You're happy. You all got pictures you wish you never took. You, you got y'all done movies you wish you never did. You sang songs you wish you never sang. Some of you all people right now, your kids are teenagers, and you try to tell them how they ought not to have sex indiscriminately, and you got a thousand movies out there showing how many times you did or pretended to. But it shows your growth. And America stunts her growth every single time on some sort of juvenile emotionality. We grew past it. Let's go ahead and re- let's reframe them. We grew past it. We grew past all of that and, and show the victory of who we are as a country. We took our hits. We took it on the chin. 
We could have done better, but instead we are letting outsiders who don't care about our country enslave us and then seduce us to tear it down from the inside because you can only take out a kingdom from the inside out. And so here we are tearing up over statues, cloth, tissues, mortar, and paraphernalia because that's not the reason. You need to find out who paid for the Virginia riots and what are they getting for their money. Because somebody pays for that, and they always pay for it. I, when I realized that in the modern times, the, because our reasons for spontaneous riots are really gone. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying. Our reasons for our spontaneous riots are really gone. Now, why am I saying that? Because when we had spontaneous riots in, in the street, we had no access to law. We had no voting rights. We had no privileges. We couldn't get off a little plantation or a little neighborhood. We couldn't get a decent education, and our children couldn't be. And we had no justice anywhere. Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect, but injustice is across the board. I'm sure every nation under the sun can talk about the days when they had worse justice than they got today. So we may not have perfect justice, but we got better justice. Holy Ghost. Thank you. So that's number one. Number two, African Americans, black people, rioted to be heard. Now, we don't only get hurt, we, we also, if, listen to this, we also sketch the narrative. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of those people riding in Virginia going to go on vacation at Disneyland, they're going to go to some high-end restaurant, they're going to shop at some high-end designer store, they're going to do all of those things that they said we once were prevented from doing, and they're going to go to their little education, get their little degrees, go to their doctor's offices or their professional practices, after they tear up. They're going to go and live like a society that we built because America did grow, and we did progress, and we did advance. So they're going to go after their little riot and sit down at this used-to-be um, black folk move the dishes club, and we're going, to, we're going to go into the luxury bathroom with the big screen TVs while we wash our hands in the front door, and we're going to go and do all of those things that we want, that we want, because today they're not prevented by the system. They're prevented by their soul. And so you're going to tear up these little cities, and your little kids who are going to go home to college, and this is a good little college break exercise, let's destroy another city, and you're going to go and live the life that we want and stand up there with the rhetoric that says we didn't. You're sitting here talking about an activist flying first class on a, on a jet to come and tell us about how bad black folk are being treated when before we couldn't even get in a wooden box in a, pla- in a train. They wouldn't, when we couldn't even get, we written limos, we couldn't even get a bike. And we're scared to ride through certain neighborhoods on your bike. Now, while that may happen randomly now today, it wasn't an institution. The institution of the land did not back it. See, to, back then, it was institutional abuse. Now it's individual. Somebody doesn't like black people. Somebody signed up in some secret society. Those are individual belief systems that are using the cloak of the office and public service to express and execute their biases. Back then, uh uh-uh. We have a recourse. We got black attorneys. We got black attorneys. We got some Asian attorneys. We've got you name them. We've got some European attorneys. We got some attorneys. Don't they? We got them every flavor, every way you want them. African, South African. We got them the little islands, Caribbean, all of us. We've got attorneys. 
And they all are now prosecuting and defending according to a different legal system. Is it perfect? No. But if you stop fighting in the street and go and finish school, you might be able to have a better say. Because right now, we're only members as a group we can be assured that's going to tear up something for no reason. For no reason. So I'm sorry. When I look at these little activists with your little $500, $1,000 suits on and shoes, don't tell me we didn't arrive. Don't tell me we haven't advanced. Now, we may not have been to the mountaintop with Martin, but baby, we in the middle with Joshua. We are that we have arrived. Now, when we start getting to the point that your kid can't get in college at all and all of that, now we can talk. But right now, your kids are standing up there with degrees, cap and gowns like everybody else. They don't give them this is a black person's cap and gown. They don't give them the nigger graduation diploma. They don't do that. They don't have to graduate at the end of the line unless their name is, you know, better. We have made progress. We need to change the script, and we need to stop being inflamed by somebody else's issues with our country. This here is an inflammation with someone else's issue with our country. This is not about us. This is not about us. I would love to see us have just a, just, just community institutes that did nothing but bring update black people on how life has been made better and how the shutout that they imagine is more in their hearts and in their minds than it is in the system. We need those kinds. You political folk out there, I'm not political, so I just come up with the ideas. But you all out there, we need to have literal community institutes in every neighborhood. And so we got community activists telling us how bad it is. We need to have the counterpart. Let's get some institutes to tell us how good it is, how much better it is, how it used to be. Half of our kids are out there throwing rocks on an issue they've never seen other than on TV. They don't know what it is. There's no idea for somebody to tell you to go to the back of the building to drink water out of a, a, a fountain with bird feces in it. You don't have a clue about how bad it was. We've done, we may, we may have been needed to do better. We may have been a little slow about getting better on the books, but we have done better, and we need to stop that, and we need to start fighting, fighting a real fight. The reason for black folks is they don't have another issue to fight. They can't say they don't let us invest in money. Well, we can't fight about that any longer. They can't say we can't get top-level jobs. Well, that's out. They can't say that a black man, when a black man becomes president, then I, because that's out. So, I mean, right now, you're not even having a good reason to fight except your personal, individual wants and desires or failures. And everybody's got them. So I would tell every one of you out there, you can sit there and talk about all of this racial stuff all you want while you drive your Mercedes, your Lexus, your Maserati, your Porsche. You can do that while you live in your $600,000 house, your $2 million house. You can do that while you do your six and seven figure figure jobs, but it doesn't do it. It's terrible that you would keep that rhetoric going when these poor folks can't get a chance because your rhetoric is locking them down and your life has set you free. Because there was a time we couldn't live in a hut. We couldn't live in a one-room shanty without some sort of supremacist coming by, blowing it up, tearing it down. Our daughters couldn't walk to school. So we need to quit that. We haven't not, we've overcome, but right now we're on the run because we're running from success. Today, African Americans are bound by the spirit of fear of success. 
and because they've got activists that's constantly feeding in their ear that no matter what they do, it won't get better, and unless they're violent and unless they're uh, militaristic, it's not going to happen. That's in their ear all the time, and it's feeding with that fear of success. Because I'm going to tell you something, coming out of captivity is a scary thing. People think it's easy. It is not easy to be free. We make it seem like it's easy to be free because we resolve never to go back to captivity. But it is not easy to be free. People need freedom skills. They need freedom training. We have been on the freedom train. Now we need some freedom training. People don't know how to be free. They don't know how to think free. They don't know how to respond free. They don't know how to do any of those kinds of things because all we did was let them grow up in a, in a community where they can hear bitterness and rhetoric all the time. And then we got television shows, shows and now we got television networks that feed that fear of success and gloss it over with an indifference about succeeding. I don't care, but I don't need that. But that's all right because I ain't bushy. I mean, so all of those things, I'm telling you, at the root, we have a fear of success. We have a fear of success requirements. We have a fear of success demands. We have a fear of success risk. We have a fear of success at the very core of the African-American nation because we've not been part of the system. We've been the permitted, not the permitter. And so we've got to shift that thing to something else. So when I look at all of that, I'm telling you, I said, God, we need some institutes to help people live free. They don't know how to live free. They don't know how to watch a television show that's inflammatory and process it according to freedom. They don't know how to do that. They process it according to a history or the rhetoric of someone else has or someone else's bitterness is bleeding in their ear. They don't know. Come on, somebody, hear me. This is big people talk. Hear me. And we got Christians who are supposed to be the salt of the earth, and you joining the swampland, the swampland of destruction, virus, parasite, predators. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Now, I can do all of that Christian stuff. Y'all know I can run this Bible up and up front and down the bottom, but sometimes we just need real talk. Sometimes we need somebody to just real talk, take the facts as they are. And as far as I'm concerned, when I see all of these, I know. When we go into, I go into Atlanta, all of those black folk doing stuff. I go into different areas, Chicago and all of that. And I'm thinking, you all do realize that you're sitting at the table with the very people who, who said, voted you out, whose family at least, ancestors voted you out. And you're now sitting at the table or running the table. My word today as I, my word today is we need to update the script and rewrite the narrative because what we say and how we live is not 100% bearing out. We've still got that fraction of African-Americans who don't do well, but we need to do a survey and find out how many of them would do better if we gave them better. Because some people don't think it's worth that. Some people don't want big lies. Some people just want the little, the little apartment little, uh, uh, what do you call it, garden on the porch, little rocking. Some people want that. We need to find out how many people really want it. And then you need to ask those people who are rioting where they're going when the riots are over. I bet you they're going to the luxury land or a better life than what they had. Half of those people were busted. 
and going to go back to some sort of some comfortable living after you've torn this up and, and got the poor folk who don't know any better to believe in that hypocrisy. We're going to talk about Christians being hypocritical. How about all of this other stuff? So we need to change things. And on that note, Prophet Ash, I'm going to let you talk. Oh. We got time. Well, amen. Well, I'm done. Well, I appreciate always. We, I can say we, I'm speaking for all of us, appreciate your commentary, your speaking on this matter in particular, about what's going on in our nation, dealing, uh, addressing African Americans and painting the whole picture. What I like about you being your age is you have, though. Your, your perspective is not what we've talked about, even people my age, or more of what you've heard yeah. and what you see and what's projected and not what was and what is now. And painting that 360, we need to look at this from all sides. Mm-hmm. All sides. And the point you made about injustice is everywhere. That is a universal condition. <laughs> no matter where you go, yes, it is. within our own people mm-hmm. group as African Americans, we have our own intro racism mm-hmm. based on shades of color of skin. And hair type. Hair type. And don't forget about the eye color. Uh, see, see. So we have, we have it ourselves that we haven't gotten rid of it within our own people as we are trying to tear down everything else outside of our people. Good work. And we have a lot of work to do on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, there is no denying there are things that have to be worked out. But what else needs to be done? Laws have been passed, mm-hmm. like you said. Doors have been opened. The, the, the official, when you were talking about, now when we're talking about um, all of that, it's not institutional, it's personal. Mm-hmm. Who's different? Yeah. I mean, we know people, minorities, in government, running for office. There was a time we couldn't even vote, much less be on the ballot. They, we couldn't get on the land. You remember, they were, they were killing us on the way to the voting box. Yes. And it wasn't just a little wooden box. <laughs> a little wooden box. <laughs> okay, but when you said, let me see here. Somebody said, blow up the lies today. Um, someone else said that you, well, it's in my notes. I have so many notes. They said you are one of the few prophetic voices speaking on George Soros. Yeah. And speaking about the whole agenda. One of the most frustrating comments I think I hear in general is uh, someone is presenting the truth, particularly mm-hmm. about this since we're talking about it, and it's like, well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. All I know is I don't care. This is why we're stuck. But do you know why they don't care? Why that? Because they don't know what to do. Uh-huh. Uneducated people or uninformed people will always say, I don't care, because they're running on the fuel of their heart. Their emotion is their power, is their fuel, when, because intelligence tempers. Remember, Ashley, uh, a few years back we did a class, and we talked about how in the womb the baby's heart beats all over the place yes. until that brain is formed, yes. at which point it begins to give it a cadence, a rhythm, yes. and it slows that erratic beating down so that it can survive in life. And so um, that, I think, carries over mm-hmm. to um, African-Americans or anybody. Really, I don't think it's just African-Americans. But anybody who says, I don't care about the truth, I don't care about the facts, I don't care about what's written, I don't care, all I care about is me and what I feel. That is the brain not developed. Mm. Good. And addressing the issue of the fear of success, which we deal with in our life advice, and it's just like a basic mm-hmm. with people about why they're stuck, why they can't break through, why they can't keep a good job sometimes. 
or even just a decent job, is the overwhelming fear or paralyzing paralyzation of the reality of what it takes to maintain mm-hmm. that success. Yeah. Uh, is, is a great point of view, a, a huge, I would say, not even just point of view, um, a genuine revelation of where we're stuck or people like us or whatever are stuck in collectively mm-hmm. the consciousness, when we say the name African-American consciousness, that has us stuck is that fear of success because with that comes responsibility. Then you, you know, when you're successful, you become the very thing that you judge, which is the standard there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you're loyal to failure. So you don't have to look like you are disloyal to failure because you have chosen to succeed. How many successful people get lambasted yes. because you didn't come back, man, I knew you win and whatnot, and so you didn't yes. come back to us. Forgive me if I don't want to do the rat roach thing again all my days. Yeah, what were you thinking of? I don't understand. I mean, when they said that to me, you know, I'm the wrong person. When they said that to me, I said, baby, I sweat roaches with my mama that filled shopping bags. I will never do that again. And your affinity for that life is your decision. I'm never going to do it. I was raised in a horrible, horrible neighborhood. And it was vile from day one to all. You can't, so I'm not talking what I don't know. I wasn't raised, you know, my daddy was a judge, my mama was a teacher, and all things were well. But uh-uh, no, I was raised in a heart. And I'm telling you that, that the spirits in those neighborhoods are real. I said, even some of you all, let me give this word to a young pastor. We learn, Ashley, you're going to have to say amen when I say it. Let me tell you something. You might want to, you might want to take and, and, and get you a building, get you a bargain discount location for your church. Don't put it where poverty is if you plan to be rich. Now, if, it, if that's not your goal, have at it. But I'm telling you, those spirits in God's heavenly realm do their job. And we lived it. Yeah. We lived it. And the second time we did it, I told y'all, I'm telling you, there's no blessing in this part of the land. You need to find out where God is blessing and migrate your ministry to that. Well, we did this, the strategy moved into a new house last year. Mm-hmm. Now, we were really living in a decent neighborhood. We really were. Honestly. And then God stepped it up to a substantially next level. Mm-hmm. And you said, I need to be in a neighborhood where the powers of wealth are established. Yes. Totally change the agents on assignment. In our lives. In our lives. And within that year, new home, larger than the last one, new church facility, New school facilities, all in nice areas. Even our school is in a building with another school. Uh huh. And there's a school across the highway. Yes. Even academia. Is in that right And area. industry and economy is all around where we are. And I thought, well, I learned that the hard way, but I didn't trust that I learned it because I learned it in my early days of ministry that you have got to go where the with the powers that you need to attend to you are already attending to residents. Just write that down because that's why you still struggle. And cause, and we can go into that when I do my solar success class because that's, um, that's what we need to have out there, Ashley, that soul of success class that I have that helps people understand why even your talents can get you in, but your soul can kick you out. Why my mind? So, I mean, that is it. Uh, who else we got going on here? Mercy. Right. Okay. Come on, girl, because you, you're doing it. Someone said, come on now. 
to do this riot here in Virginia or whatever, which I shut down by the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, that aggression is going to be in those kids in school. It's going to be that because we are telling people aggression is the standard of living for this country. You know, I heard on the radio yesterday um, about that situation, how um, they're probably going to look into and do an investigation because it appears, this is based on what I heard, that the mayor gave the order to the police, stand down, and to not intervene in this really at all, even though they were there. But they were passive. And how the question came up of, what is the underlying agenda? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted this to happen, to incite this in the nation. Mm-hmm. Because the only time you tell law enforcement to stand down in a, in a situation that is clearly going to escalate mm-hmm. is when you want it to escalate. Because you pay people to escalate. He said uh, the mayor did give the orders and that is being confirmed. They gave the orders to have them stand up. And so now it's like, okay. But, but then we need to go back and check them all. Because obviously, whoever paid and paid for this, and whoever inspired this, is on a mission, and it's that mission that we need to look at as a country. Because again, I don't care how much you don't like black, white, green, or blue. You better want to want your your posterity to have a nation. And so we have to put preservation of the country back in the souls of the people. Because they are not willing to preserve their own heritage. This is your heritage. How are you not willing to preserve your own heritage? This is your legacy. And you're telling people you want us to look, be in somebody's history book as ruins. Okay, like the Colosseum. You know, ruins. At the ruins of, and that's where we're headed. The ruins of a once great nation. And we're going to be a history story. I don't, because I don't think people believe that can happen. And it, it can happen so fast. <laughs> So easily, but that's not even in people's minds because it's kind of like you know how all these crazy movies that are out with the super villains and they just want to destroy the world so they can rule it. Uh huh. You're destroying the world. But do you look at what they rule over? No light, no energy, no electricity, rubble for days, rust, um, swamp things, uh, contaminated water, radioactive this and that. They tell I'm telling you, your future is telling your story in the present and getting you to vote for that future. That's that's powerful. And so I do. I'm telling you, I knew, I knew. You know, I never believed right. I never did, because, I mean, from that talk story I told before, yeah, yeah. I don't believe why it's so spontaneous. I will probably not believe it. Um, t- it's going to take me a long time. I think I have to say, now, here's the camera. Okay, it, look over. Do you see over here this little look? And I'm going to say, let's edit it, because I don't believe it, because there's too much money in the d- dissolution of the United States. There's too much backing. There's too much behind it. And I know this because I'm telling y'all, I'm sitting with God, and he was telling me. And he's running this panorama in front of me. He's saying, don't believe anything you see or hear at face value. He said, because none of it is true. That's what he told me. He said, none of it is true. Do your own study. Listen, 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 listen. Search, search, search. Learn, learn, learn. And ask, ask, ask. That's what he told me. Now, he told me this, well, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And I said, don't take anything at face value, he said, because I don't care what they tell you on the surface. He said, what's on the screen is not real. Well, President Trump said when he, I think right after the election, he said, there are many people who are trying to destroy this nation. 
And there are many people in it who are trying to help them. Absolutely. And so we need to understand that. But, but I, I think that African Americans are cheating themselves out of their real of the American pie by constantly being the destroyers of the land. You know, we, when you want to get rid of an infected farm or, 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 or a mass of land, you throw some locusts in there, okay, because you know they're going to tear it up, but that's, they're going to do all the work for you. But I think we are missing our peace. I think that we are a very brilliant people. I think we're very bold people. We're intelligent. We have drive and passion, and you know we are survivors. We can't argue with us being survivors, okay? And we are producers. And I just think that every time we do this, we are brought into the media's eye and the public's attention for our, our weaknesses and never our strengths. And I would love to see us start literally showcasing, spotlighting our strength, and not just in a documentary here and there, but in an establishment of a product, the building of an let them walk past, and it's not in some dilapidated neighborhood because we got, got the building for cheap dollars. I want to see the high side of African-American wisdom and intelligence because we have it, and time is out for us always being eclipsed by violence and militancy. We're, there are a lot of us doing some really, really good things, and it needs to come out. Well, how are we doing? We're doing good. Um, I'm expecting to see if our guest is on the line. He's definitely going to profit again. Profit again? We always leave you with the hot potato, so go with that, girl. <laughs> yes, a hot potato indeed. You know, the whole situation is a little bit of a hot potato. Um, but I, I think that something that you said is a powerful takeaway is us taking the power back to, to change the narrative and, and not allowing ourselves into a lot of rhetoric because regardless of the situation and the circumstances that happen, always the end game is going to be the reaction. Um, you know, even, even on, on both sides of the fence that, this, that the Charlottesville incident fell in, it's always going to be targeting the reaction, the emotions, the sentimentality of the American people. And I, I love what you said about being smart, about being wise, and being able to not allow that um, planned, you know, uh, rhetoric, that planned reaction, that planned emotional response to dictate how we're going to respond. You know, we are responsible for, for preserving our nation. Um, I, I believe that to the core of, of, of who I am. And, and I, I, I love what you said today about empowering us to preserve that and to want to protect that. We have a responsibility to do that. Um, the media right now, man, what a beast it is. And we have to be keen as the American people to be able to discern. Um, so I, I don't have anything to add to what you said. I just uh, I, I think that that's powerful. Um, it's a powerful takeaway that we need to understand that we do have to take the power back and change the narrative. Absolutely. Well, I, I, you know, I thank you for that because I think that the moment we stop letting everybody use our past pains and sorrow as a present weapon is the moment that we will define ourselves as a people. Right now we are defined by pain. We're defined by sorrow. We're defined by lack. We're defined by loss. We're defined by, by fear. We're defined by rage. And we're defined by violence and destruction. And I think that we're never going to be taken seriously until we redefine who we are and we stop being somebody's whipping stick or, or paddle. And that's what we are. Right now, people count on African-Americans in these neighborhoods to be the whipping stick, to be the paddle, 
We count on it. And now, honey, the rest of them are joining in. And, And so this idea of us being defined by our failure and our oppression has got to cease. Hallelujah. It's got to cease. We've got to stop letting the evil works of darkness define the brilliance that's really resonant in us, trying to get out, crying to get out, the light that's waiting to be seen. We've got to stop. That's just my feel, and I'm going to keep saying it until, uh, well, I'm just going to keep saying it because you know me, I'm going to use my mouth. So what are some of our uh, our viewers saying, Ashley? Do you have some of them? Any more? Them. Oh, you read them? Oh, they were included. Let's see. Hallelujah is always very well said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Dr. Price, you stay lit. November, 
Always the week before Thanksgiving. If you don't remember the date, don't worry about it. Just say she's always the week before Thanksgiving. That's going to tell you how to put some time in, how to put in some request time for work, how to start shopping for tickets. We have a great, this year is amazing. If you stay over the Sunday, it will be in my brand new church. You know, my church, our brand yeah. new church. And if you stay over Saturday, we will have dinner Saturday and Sunday. We, we will fellowship. We, we come off the duty a little bit, and we sit down, and we become family. We sit down at the family table. We share. We minister to you again on Sunday. It is a phenomenal weekend. You don't want to miss it. Again, Prophet Ashley, well, Prophet Adir will give us the dates because she always does those things for us. But I want to tell you, don't miss that. Now, in addition, while we're waiting, let me tell you a little bit about Price University. We are accepting enrollments now. People are enrolling now. And I know some of you wonder if they, but they are. People are re- enrolling. Some are relocating here to, to do their education. You want to get involved. Like, for example, I don't have, I don't have aspirations for a degree. Yeah, but you do want credentials. One of the things that we do have that's, I think, the most powerful thing we have is that we credential you. How many of you have tried to get in the doors and people say, who are you with? Who can vouch for you? What if we gave you a credential so you can carry that vouch with you? You finished our program, you've got it. If you're a prophetic company, how about certifying your entire prophetic company knowing that they're equipped, knowing that they're able to do the job and do it not only favorably, but to do it exceptionally well. Well, we do that so we can have credentialing. We have life skills. You've heard soul of success. You've heard training. We have how to retrain your brain. You know, we have a little bit of um, of cognitive behavioral therapy. We've got a lot there for you that has nothing to do with a degree plan, but just to make you successful in life. So when you go online, say, I don't want the degree, but I want that other stuff, she said. And then we also have ministry, um, you know, um, what is it, the ministry credentialing program, and that's powerful. So, you, hey, you don't know, a lot of young pastors, a lot of young leaders wish that they had help with helping training their ministers. We have a wonderful program, and it, it, most of this can be self-paced, so don't think you have to, like, stop your life for it. But, again, minister credentialing program, it's a powerful tool. You will love the workbook. You will love the program. Again, that's for clock credentialing. Now, we have a credentialing commissioning organization called CLOCK, which is, hallelujah, certification, license, ordination, commissioning for the king. And so it's the CLOCK commission. We have a credentialing program. You want credentialing. Let's say you're just a minister by yourself. Yeah, you can go online. You can, and you can go and pay your $50 and get your little paper certificate that everybody says, or you can get one backed by a real entity with a real seal and real support and real credentials that people can check. They can check and say, you don't have to say, I downloaded this off the Internet. Because let me tell you, when you do all of that stuff off the Internet, you are always going to be relegated to the bottom feeders. Well, whether, they're, whether, they're, uh, whether they're a school of fish or a school of, uh, of uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, salmon, you know, whatever it is. But if you want to stand out and you want to rise and you want to influence your world, and eventually society, you're going to need a real credentialing person, a real credentialing agency to do that for you. So when you go online and say, I'm not looking for a degree, I just want the credentials, then we will show you how to do that. Now, if you're prophetic ed, my personal faith, on top of all my babies. So many children at once. All at once. 
And so if, you, if you're interested, if you're a real prophet and you want somebody to back your prophet, you want to collaborate in doing a global prophetic initiative, you want to be, if you want to be a part of that, or if you just want to be certified as a credible prophet, today I don't know a prophet who, who would not benefit I don't know what you think, Ashley, but I don't know a prophet who could not benefit from having a real, established, long-standing body authenticate them as prophets and credential their character and credential their performance. I think that we're moving into a time where God's going to compel that on his prophets. It may be slow, but I think that time is coming. So I wanted to give you those updates. Hey, just listen to them again and again and again. But if you want to get fast information, just go over to drpaulaprice.com and uh, click the button on what you want. I want minister's credentialing. I want profit credentialing. I want to have training in various life skills. How about I want my soul for Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, see? Yes, see how I need to see? The only thing. I got it. But I was good. Did I do it? I ran that thing. And so, uh, priceuniversity.org. Do it now. Don't wait. Do it now. You know, many of us, we have these smartphones phones that can multitask. And when you go there, don't forget, after you finish with Price University, I know you miss me on Thursdays, and I know you miss me on Tuesday because I miss you badly. Just write that down. Oh, she misses us. And put my little faces up there for me. So everybody will know she misses us. That was the hardest decision I had to make. It really was. But, hey, all is not lost. You can also catch me, you can around the clock at to talk to some students this week. 
On occasion. On occasion. We gave you a handful. Yeah. You might get her. You could get Chief Prophet Paula. You know how you all love to talk to her. Wednesday Warriors. You know that. But, hey, instead of wishing you could be a part, make yourself a part and a participant. Again, close out, priceuniversity.org. We're shifting. Oh, wait. Are we finished with profit? Okay, we're shifting. Profit idea is going to give you the rest of the um, announcements, especially the ones that I didn't do as well with that I didn't get an A in. You know, she'll give you all of my <laughs> other announcements. And, and we'll be back after some messages, and I get a, a short break to take your calls. Dial in. I want to hear you tell me what you felt about today's extra training. All right, profit guys, idea. you've been listening. Yes, guys, you've been listening live to the Paula Price Show on Blog Talk Radio slash Paula Price Show, and we are getting ready to transition now into this second hour where we're going to take your call. So if you are on the line, we want to speak to Dr. Price in this second hour, press that number one right now so that we can go ahead and get to your calls. We want to welcome our first-time listeners today, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Paula Price Show Make this your Thursday broadcast. We're here every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, only on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show and also on Periscope. You can download the Periscope app so that you can watch the show as it unfolds live from about 11 a.m. to 12. The show is on live on Periscope, and you can actually watch Dr. Price and engage with our live audience. So we encourage you to do that. Download the Periscope app and follow Dr. Paula Price there. So if you're listening a little bit later in the day today, that announcement is for you. Make sure you download the Periscope app so you never miss the live broadcast of the Paula Price Show. If you're an iTunes user, then you can actually subscribe to the Paula Price Show podcast using your podcast app. We really encourage you to do that. You can take the Paula Price Show anywhere you want to go, and it will go with you. And for our Droid users, you can download an app called CastBox and look up the Paula Price Show there. That way, you get all of the episodes, the archived episodes, right on the convenience of your mobile device. So we encourage you to listen to the Paula Price Show, whether you're listening at work, whether you're listening in the car, whether you're listening during your workout. Listen, 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 and share and tell a friend or two. The Paula Price Show is on every medium, Facebook, Periscope, your podcast app, and, of course, online at blogtalkradio.com slash the Paula Price Show. All right, that university website, again, for those of you who want to go online for Price University is www.priceuniversity.org. Visit us online and apply today. Fall semester starts September 15th. Again, fall semester kicks off September 15th, and enrollment week is the 11th through the 15th. So don't miss out on this. Visit us online priceuniversity.org and click apply now and we'll be sure to start getting to your information and get back to you with details about the fall semester of Price University where you are learning today so you can lead tomorrow. All right, don't forget to press that number one right now so we can get to your calls. Prophet Ashley, back to you. Mm -hmm. 
Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. Hey guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. Hello, my name is Prophet Dr. Rolf Spears, and I'm the author of Coaching Leadership Families. And I'd like to give you some really good news from Dr. Paula A. Price and PPM Global Resources. They have decided to appoint me as the new family advisor with a focus on encouraging, strengthening, and supporting apostolic, prophetic, and fivefold families in the body of Christ. I am honored to accept this position. And if you have any questions or you want more information or you'd like to schedule a family advisement, please contact Prophet Ashley Clater at 877-419-1299 or email us at admin at ppmglobalresources.com. like to take the guesswork out of discovering your calling and purpose by using one simple tool. PPM Global Resources Ministry Assessment Questionnaire offers a variety of solutions for all aspects of the ministry spectrum for people just like you who are seeking sound wisdom, direction, and guidance to help you get into your place. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire is specially designed to identify and assess what God has put in you, whether you are called to a five-fold office or ministry gifting. Going beyond a personality test or gift survey, you'll learn about your strengths and weaknesses, emotional intelligence, ministry readiness and reliability, leadership capability, the right education you need, and so much more. Your ministry assessment questionnaire comes with a 30-minute advisement session to review your assessment with one of our trained advisors who will walk you through your results and customize the best plan of action for you. To get started now, go to ppmglobalresources.com and fill out your personal profile. Assess. Advise. Apply. Achieve. 
If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. New Era Apostleship Restitution, or NEAR, is a kingdom collaborative founded by Dr. Paula Price that unites God's New Era ministries, visions, and ventures, businesses, and professionals in powerful, productive, and profitable ways that are mutually beneficial to all involved. Based on your level of membership, joining NEAR will give you access to assessment-based coaching and mentorship, personal ministry training and education, ministry credentialing and accreditation, spiritual covering and intervention, vision and ministry development, business and professional development, and more. Visit www.joinnear.com for membership and benefits information. That's www.joinnear.com. Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one-stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction? Maybe you just want to discover who you are. If you are a purpose seeker, looking for fresh resources, new ministry solutions, and endless possibilities, then welcome to PPM Global Resources, a ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister. Why choose PPM Global? Because you want something better. We help build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests, whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG. All right, and we are back at the Paula Price Show with the one and only Dr. Paula Price, who has really laid down some key insight into our national issues as well as uh, the kingdom of God. And so the second portion of the show will be going into your prayer request. If you are listening, then go ahead and press that number one if you want to give a comment on today's broadcast or if you have a prayer request for Dr. Price today. Dr. Price, are you ready? I am ready. I'm back. And I especially want to hear a conversation, too, today, actually. We, you know, we, we stepped in some different territory. I don't, you know, dwell in this territory very much. But I definitely want to hear if you have feedback or comments or examples or even maybe some additional information that we did not have or cover, please let me know. And and with that, don't forget, 
bring your prayer request, and we're going to work through what God is doing in your life. Okay, Prophet Ashley, we are there. Okay, uh, first, let's, since you want to do a comment, first we'll go to Cheryl. Our Cheryl right here from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she has a comment on your extra training. So, Cheryl, welcome to the Paul Price Show. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Price. Hi, Private Ashley. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm Dr. glad Price. to meet you today. I am wonderful. Um, I am so glad to hear our church leaders uh, exposing the agenda of George Soros and his cronies. It's been something that's been on my mind for a long time, as you know. Um, I believe that there's been a plan and an agenda to start a race war in this country and then watch it implode. I believe that actually started clear back in the 70s with Charles Manson and his Helter Skelter plan. I don't think that was all his idea. I think he was the dupe. And when that didn't work, the way everybody thought it would. I think they stepped down for a little while and then just started feeding the fire slowly. And I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you and how you're exposing all of this. I would actually like to see you uh, present this information in front of Congress. I think we all should contact Representative Bridenstine and see if he can get you in there because I think it's something that a whole lot of people need to know about I think, so. of course, some of the people in Congress are in on it, but I think a whole lot of them are just ignorant and need to know what's going on. Well, I tell you what, I thank you so much for your kindness and your encouragement. I look forward to whatever God will do. But, hey, guess what we did? We've got it recorded today, so anybody can tap into it. One of the things I do want to say to you, Cheryl, though, is that, uh, you know, but much of this is really, I know it sounds odd for many people, but really God just lays the plan out for me. And he wants us to know he so loves our country, he so loves his people, and you know how he feels about his church, that he's doing everything he possibly can to defend us, protect us, and get us back on the, on the path of self-preservation. You know, because right now it seems like, you know, according to what we hear, that, you know, the majority of Americans just want to fall on their sword and say, let's be done with it. But I thank you so much for your comments. We're going to talk about this some more, and we'll see what God will do. So you'll keep praying. Is that right? I will, and I'll actually see if I can share this recording with somebody on uh, Representative Bridenstine's staff as well. Amen. Well, I, I appreciate that. You'll keep me posted of that, won't you? I promise. I know, <laughs> I know that you will. Thank you so much. Uh, for your comments and your encouragement. That's, that means a lot to me. We're going to talk soon, right? I think, yes, ma'am, and I thank you for enlightening all of us. Appreciate oh, it. my pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure. Love you, Dr. Price. Hey, see you in church. See you there. Okay, bye. Prophet Ashley. Huh, I love it. All right. We oh, have... Wasn't that wonderful? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We have next on the line Mark from Florida, and he is calling to give an update on his business, book and wife, and then he would like some prayer for himself. Mark from Florida, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can, Mark. How are you doing? Okay, I'm doing well. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Price, Prophet Ashley. This is Mark Murray here in West Palm Beach. I know... Uh, 
we met you years ago in Boca. I think you remember. And we've been meditating over some of the words you've given us and things are coming into focus and some things are happening. And uh, also, Prophet Ashley, we also thank you for your prayer time and what you're doing on Facebook. It's awesome. I love the tag team, and we need it. Uh, the things you shared today, Dr. Price, are so confirming to me. I'm an intercessor, and I pray, and it's just like we have the same outline in the spirit, the same syllabus in the spirit that God has already put in place, as you said. And I'm just confident that God's about to show, uh, turn everything around. And he wants it to get to this place so everyone will know when it, when it comes and gets better than it's ever been, everyone will know it's God. And it was not a man. So, um, and I, I pray for our president. I pray for our leaders. And as I do that, God begins to sort out what's what and where to spend a time in prayer and how to be very uh, effective and expedient in how to pray and when to pray. And you laid it out so well. Uh, I don't want to keep going, but I'm excited about what you hear because I haven't, haven't heard the show in months because I've been busy with my business during the summer. I get very busy training a lot of collegiate athletes, a lot of high school athletes. Uh, they receive my life coaching and motivation. The parents, they come to me for a number of things. Uh, so to hear your message today, I just felt, okay, I have time. It's a little slower today, and I wanted to listen in, and I'm so glad I did. It was just, just awesome, and it just gives me even more encouragement uh, to keep pressing in for what God's about to do. One of the things that the Lord was showing me is that it's not so much always about someone dying. We don't want anyone to die, but everything that's being planned in our country is to bring a, a root of bitterness. And he, he showed me, he said, you know, if, even if that person doesn't die, they could be bitter for the next 20 years and never receive me. And, and Satan wants them to become bitter so they won't have any interest in heaven. So we have to go dismantle that bitterness, which also takes a lot more work. But um, I really appreciate uh, everything you shared today for sure. Originally, I think I hit the button by accident, but when she came on, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take the prayer request and I'll, I'll come on <laughs> on. But... <laughs> Just to be totally honest with you, but I really, um, really love it so much. I personally uh, am moving forward with my business. I, I haven't found that place to train yet, but I do have a, a facility that's working well with no overhead, and all masters are getting great results. I, I completed a book, and it uh, should be completed uh, through Lulu Publishing by the middle of October with everything said done. And uh, it's it's amazing the timing of how this book came. I've been working on it for a long, probably longer than I should have, but I, I grew up in an all-black community, and I, and I was moved into an all-white community. So I was called some nigger name some, but, I was, but when I went to school on the white bus, I was called more names by the black kids. I was treated unfairly by the black kids more than the white kids. And, you know, my book really is, is called The Dream Playbook, so really the, the buildup of the book is really to teach people that you have to learn from everyone. It's never going to be just one group that you learn from. And I believe African-Americans have been told that uh, even by their own, and it narrows down into a corner, and they can't really explore life because their mind is so fixed on just one particular group. The Lord wants us to be delivered from that. So, But it's a motivational book, and I, and I really use some godly principles on how I've written the book, and I'm excited that that's done. Uh, finally, and it was a very tough deal. I mean, I, I, I love to write, but writing a book is a whole different world. But um, anyway, if you could pray for, for that and my next step, I uh, I really feel called to 
spend time with business leaders. I have God's already put me in a relationship with business leaders just to speak into their life, give them insight, and just speak the truth of God into their lives and, and help give them clarity as well as we tag team and move forward. And uh, my wife, Donna, is opening up a practice on her own, and there's a build-out taking place. And uh, that should be happening around the, the end of September. She's a nurse practitioner, and um, we're excited about that. And I just want to do is just to receive some prayer, and uh, and that's about it. I'm, I hope I didn't go too long, but I'm I'm very excited for what I heard today. I really I really believe this message is going to undergird everything that's out there and bring it bring bring the uh, validity to what God really says, because there's so many things and they're going to fall off. And but this this conversation today, the way it was set up and how you said it, covers so many things, and I I, I definitely going to share it. And, uh, and, and pray who, whom to share it to and, and just pray for their hearts. They have the, the endurance, the spiritual endurance to listen to it and take it in and prepare their hearts to receive it and believe that what they have to say on it in agreement with God will multiply to other people as we move forward. Well, I agree with that. And that prayer does. That prayer of endurance really should happen, Mark, because when the enemy is working hard, like, you know, I often have to tell Christians, Everybody has an anointing and an anointer, and every effort and venture has an anointing and an anointer. And the fact is that most Christians think that only Jesus has an anointing. But my Bible tells me that Satan started out as the anointed cherub. So he has anointments that make people intolerant of anything true, intolerant of righteousness, Etc. We think it's just a matter of Jesus Christ, but it isn't. There are people who just hate right. That's why they're criminals. Who just hate life. That's why they are, you know, a death culture. Who just hate those kinds of things. So we do have to pray for uh, that endurance, that tolerance, and that, and for the Lord to to remove them. To I always pray, distance them from the wrong anointing and the wrong spirit to allow their free will to exercise its right of free choice. And sometimes we don't pray that properly as intercessors because we're like, we just want to bind the devil. But you understand that that in the long haul, a lifetime anything requires literally a permissive human will. So people have to recognize that they want this. You know, I want that. I want this. So we will be praying for that end. As far as all of the other good stuff, I want to just congratulate you on your book, Being a Writer. I know, Lord, do I know what it takes and how it works. Um, so I do congratulate you on it and ask God to bless it abundantly. Um, I like a little bit of what I heard. I think the subject matter, because you're absolutely right. You know, we are harder on ourselves as a people than we would be on anyone else except when we get an opportunity to break out and riot. Otherwise, we're harder on ourselves. My, my prayer for our people is that they will understand justice and righteousness has not a color. Because even if somebody yeah. is doing something unjustly, you, it doesn't matter what your color is if you want to correct that. That's just something, you know, we need to, if we believe that much, much in, uh, you know, a, we call it colorblind justice, then we need to be colorblind. And we need to start taking classes on how to think colorblind because those are eternal principles. Those are not just societal values. They are eternal principles. And so I will be praying with that. I think your book is going to do well if the little bit you shared with me is a taste. I think it will do well. 
um, keep us posted on when you have it published and how it's doing. I'd be very interested in hearing and, and reading it. Um, and I don't read a lot of people out there. You know, I have a, I'm busy. So, I'm, but but what you're saying is something that I think needs to get out. Amen. And then lastly, I want to talk about that intercession piece. You know, you you you, you kind of you know prick my interest here with that because I'm putting together an intercessor's mandate for the nation, and mm-hmm. I'm interested in how to how to guide intercessors into covering our land. You know, and mm-hmm. and. and if we intercede properly, we don't have to make a decision about politics or anything because our intercession will land on the person who fits God's model or God's prototype or God's brand. And so Amen. that's the direction that I'll be taking. Hopefully, you know, God be with me. I'll get it done between now and November, you know. But uh, I want to start speaking to the intercessors of the land. And I'm not talking about those that are, you know, Lord, just hear my humble prayer. I'm talking about those who sit in seats that move the powers of God, the powers that be. That means the powers in the heaven as well as the agents that they use in the flesh. So I'm interested in that. And, I, you know, that's on my agenda for before this year is out, that I get a chance to, to, to speak into the actions and the, the uh, prayers of intervention the spiritual interventions of the intercessors, because we don't realize, Mark, that intercession is spiritual intervention. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited about it. I'm glad you called today. It's been a while, but it's always interesting talking to you. So I do, and I bless your your wife's business. So, Father God, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you're doing in your body today with your people, with your leaders, your thinkers, and your thought leaders, and, God, what you're doing with your professionals as well as with your congregation. Now, I ask that you breathe on all that Mark has presented to us today and breathe on it, the breath of life. Cause it to flourish, God, according to your wisdom, according to your power, and according to your purposes being fulfilled. Strengthen him, continue to use him, and most importantly, God, continue to push him forward, and all of those like him who want to carry your torch and who want to press out and again be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I thank you for prosperity, covering everything that he has, and there will be more than enough to get the ventures done. And I thank you for access and opportunity as well as divine connections that will make it so. And we bless you for it all, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. Bless you both. Thank you so much. Very, very welcome. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Prophet Ashley. Amen. All right. Um, Always good to keep in touch with them. Uh, Once again, if you have a prayer request, you want to give feedback to Dr. Price, go ahead and press that number one to get in the queue because we want to hear from you. All right, Dr. Price, we have next up on the line, Marla from Texas. She is calling in for prayer for direction today. Marla, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello, Dr. Price and Prophet Ashley. Hi, Marla. How are you doing today? What's going on in Texas? Um, well, first of all, I would like to make a comment um, on the teaching that you did today. Um, it was very profound and I really wish that there were more specifically black leaders that had that revelation. Oh, thank you. And you know what? We can pray for them. 
Because, I mean, this is going to be a team effort. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's going to be a, a, for, a team force effort. Um, but thank you so much for that. I do pray for them because we all have to do this. This is going to take every one of us, every member doing their share. Yes, ma'am, I truly believe that. Um, and, you know, a lot of things that you said, I, I, I felt like a lot of that, but being surrounded by so many people that, you know, just don't get it or they're so stuck in what they've been taught and things of that nature, it's, it makes it really kind of difficult because even if you try to tell them, you know, something different, then they kind of fight you. <laughs> so I just but, but, be quiet. But you're right. <laughs> and, but you you know what? For when God, when you want to get people to hear something different, you have to pray. You heard what I talked about, their anointings. They are under those anointings of those forces, of those spirits. So you have to pray their anointing and their anointers down so that they can hear. And so because... God says that people have to receive an ear to hear. So that takes a little bit of prayer work. So if there are some people in your circle that you would love to hear and to receive and all of that, then I would strongly urge you to um, pray down their anointings and because they have them. You know, when you, you, we look at a, 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 a horrible movie and the movie is disgusting and everything, and yet it's got all of these ratings, that's because those anointings have gone forth and already anointed those moviegoers to drop their God and receive it as, as something delightful or something that is um, pleasing. They use words like entertaining and all of that, but everything has to have a spiritual power behind it. I don't care what they say. I don't care how the devil spins it. He, he would spin it. He doesn't want us to find him out. But everything has a spiritual power, and you must deal with it in the spirit first. Wow, that, that is so very true. <laughs> it sounds like a conversation that I just recently had. <laughs> but but I um but I would like to give prayer for direction because I've been um I've been working like temp jobs for like maybe eight or nine years now. I've been trying to get full time work, um, permanent, you know, job a permanent job but um it seems like it's like hundreds of jobs that I've applied for um I don't either I they don't they don't accept my application or if I get an interview I still don't get the job and I just feel out of place in in many ways I mean even like my church it's like it's kind of I mean, I like my church, but I just feel I just don't feel that that's the place that I'm supposed to be. Um, I don't feel like I'm being fed. I mean, it's I guess it's okay for someone that you know just wants to go to a service and then and that's it, you know. <laughs> but when you're really wanting to hear like teaching like um like the kind of teaching that you do or even close to that there's none of that and they don't have they don't specialize it's 
they they don't specialize in deliverance or anything like that. It's they focus on restoration, so that's their main focus. But to me, I'm like, how can you be restored if you haven't received deliverance? I mean, don't, don't those two supposed to work together? But um, so I'm just I just feel like my life is kind of like in limbo, um, and I don't. I don't know where to go from here. Um, I did, I heard last week when you were speaking to, it was a lady, I think her name was Martha, and she, or Marsha, or something like that. And it was the things that you said to her, I I felt like you were speaking to me too, um, as far as the tithe. And then I, I went and listened to the the Sunday teaching that you did on the tithe. And that really spoke to me, and I had to, you know, go back and um, repent to God and really think about, um, you know, covenant, looking at it in that perspective, because I had never really heard it like that before. Um, so I, I'm, so now I'm like, okay, God, I I get that, I totally get it, and you know, I wasn't trusting you, and. Um, so I'm going to do better and really, um, really show you that I'm in covenant with you. So I'm like, as far as everything else goes, where do I go from here? It's like I hear, I hear the Holy Spirit on, you know, little things, but it's like big things like where am I supposed to be? You know, I, maybe I'm not in the right place. Maybe I'm not in the right city. You know, well, I'm just... Let me jump in because, you know, you're so full of pain and disappointment that you're just like, God, please help. You know, good Lord, help. Um, I, I want to ask you a question. I need you to answer me kind of quickly. Um, but mm-hmm. did you listen to Sunday's um, uh, scripture organic message from my uh, sermon? This past Sunday? Oh, yes. when you, um, yes, yes, ma'am, I did. Yes, did I, that, that really than- spoke to me. <laughs> Yeah, because everything in you, everything in the sound of your voice, especially when you have repeated disappointments, Marla, and repeated rejections, after a while you can't believe in yourself. And then not shortly after that, you can't believe in God. And, you you know, you love him, but you're like, but God, this is, you know, all, all your world. Why don't I have a peace in it? So I want to go to a couple of things there. Have you ever taken our assessment, Marla? Um, no, ma'am, I haven't taken it yet. Okay, so the first thing I need you to do is that. Now, let me tell you what happens after you take the assessment. You then are scheduled a 30-minute uh, review on your assessment answers and results. And in that review, you get an opportunity to see who you are, what you're called to, where you are. And it covers a, a, a number of things. It covers your primary call, secondary call, the best environment. Now, even though it may seem like it's just um, church, it isn't because it's kingdom. And kingdom includes church. Kingdom is not just church. And so it, it, it's kingdom, and so it's going to tell you where you fit in Jesus' world, in, in the realm of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ, not just in his church, which is the Savior side of him, but also in his duties and his professions, which is the sovereign side of him. And so that's the first thing you're going to learn. 
once you once you get that 30-minute advising, you will be invited to um, subscribe to a program that is specifically customized for you. What you need right now, Marla, is life advisement. You have been going it alone a long time, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But you need life advisement, and you need somebody that you can trust and someone who will listen to you but also steer you in the ways that you are afraid of. And, so and I'll come back to that thought in a moment. It's, the other thing that my, I recommend for you today is that you get, go, you know, go to a career company or, or personnel company and get a coach. For anybody to miss that many, um, what do you call it, applications or job offers or to miss that many interviews, um, I think that there is a fundamental disconnect between what you think the professional world needs and what they are looking for. So, and, and part of that will come out if you subscribe to a life advisor. You will get that kind of help. You'll get somebody who will be able to examine your uh, resume to look at and to examine your interviewing techniques and all of those kinds of things. That is, uh, in part, what PPM Global Resources does and offers. You need help. Now, here's the issue that I hear from you. Uh, as far as your church, because if you look at it, you have come to a point that you have see yourself not having a place anywhere in God's world, and that is a dangerous place to be. And you don't appear to have mentors or mentees at all because they would have jumped in by now on something like this. So that tells me, Marla, you have severe trust issues, severe, to the point that you would rather uh, sabotage your life than to risk trusting pain or disappointment or failure, and I see disapproval again. So are we close, Marla? Yes, ma'am. You have been abused. You have been battered by life, relationships, etc. and the last one literally took your soul and just obliterated your faith and your will. So you do tempt to keep a roof over your head, but you need to be in a place, Marla, where you can be healed. And I don't mean, like you just said, um, the, 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 what your church does. You know, they just want, you know, what, what did you say they want? Um, I forget what uh, the Restoration. They, that's what restoration. they specialize in. Exactly. So, and I'm with you. you. Before you can restore, you must first store. And so... Your storehouse, your store and your soul is empty. If you sign up for life advisement, I would encourage your advisor to walk you through two things, 3D, soul restoration, because if you don't restore the soul, you can't restore the life. I don't care what anybody says, because it will be like water running through people's fingers. And so I, want, I would do that, and then the second thing I'll put you immediately or maybe concurrently on a track called Soul of Success. Because I'm telling you, something obliterated your soul. You are so weary, but you're hollow inside. All of the you that you remember, you can't find. Yes, and I don't think this phone call is for me to say what that was. But you need to be in a safe and confidential environment where you can say, you know what, I brushed this under the rug. Because many people's souls look like a, an area rug with a lot of toys and bumps and junk under it. 
People keep brushing it under the rug. I'll just keep brushing it away because I'm a Christian, and I'm a good Christian, and I trust God, and I don't want to blame God, and I just know, and I should have done this, and I should have done that. And you live in a cycle of a, a grip of, of, of unjustified guilt and also lack of trust. You don't trust you. You don't trust God. You don't trust the church. You don't trust anybody. And somebody brought you to that place where they promised you something huge, and it should have happened, and you got all excited about it, and you did all of the right things, and they vanished from your life. And when they vanished, they took the part, the last little bit of hope you had that you were hanging on to with them. That is what I want to address. Now, does that make sense to you, or can you bear witness to that? Yes, ma'am, it makes perfect sense. Okay, and so you are, because you're a sweetie. You want to do things, good things for everybody. To me, I think you belong in nursing, but that's just what I'm picking up. But you want to do good things, and you want to be do wonderful things for people, and you want to be a healer, but you don't even trust your own skill set any longer. You go into an interview saying, I know I'm not going to get it because I don't know the right thing to say. But the other piece I want to deal with is people who have, have devastated trust, smaller, also have fantasy solutions. In other words, you think it should be magic. I prayed. I prayed in tongues. I repented to God. I pursued God. I caught up my tithe. I did all that. So now, Dad, do it. But, you know, God has done it. He did it before the foundation of the world. But God has to get you equipped and formatted for what he's done. And that is what this life advisement program is for you. You really need to be on this program because your soul has a gaping hole in it. So will you do that? Yeah. I'm serious, Uh Marla. You have reached out a lot of places, but I'm telling you, in in the Paula Price world, we don't play. We we deliver. I'm I'm not going to promise you what we can't do. But these things we have, no. And you need a prophet to do it because a prophet is going to dig beneath the memory. Yes, ma'am. Okay? So this has been a hard season for you, and it's been hard long enough. Your father in heaven said, come home. Come into the covenant of the Almighty. Come into the blessings of God, but also come into the curatives of God. God wants to cure your soul. That's important. And so I want you to be able to do that, all right? So I'm going to pray, and when I'm done, you're going to go to my website, drpaulaaprice.com, and you're going to say, I want a prophetic advisement, or if you want to just jump right to the program, you hit, I want to take an assessment. I want you to take the minister's aptitude questionnaire. I want you to take that assessment, okay? When you take it, then you'll set the ball rolling and everything else. Is that good? All right, I need to help you because I want you to win. Okay, now I'm going to – so let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm going to ask you a very kind of strange question, and I want you to answer me honestly without a lot of explanation. Just answer me. If you got a job, if I prayed for you today and you got a job tomorrow, mm-hmm. would you say you are psychologically ready to do it or emotionally ready? Um. I believe so because I I like you know 
I want I want to be productive in my career, you know, in my work. But I want you to not let's take work aside and let's take the pressures, let's take the criticisms, let's take the training, let's take the stress of productivity and the work hours and maybe even a not so pleasant supervisor. Are you emotionally ready for that? Mm. I'm not sure. Right. And everything that I hear in your voice says, I need a job, but I'm not sure that I can literally undertake all of the rigors of full employment, which is why you temp, because you can, you can temp as long as you need to and then rest from it. And then I did that for years, so I'm talking as one who has done it. And uh, most times when, when you do that, it's because you want life on your terms or you want a job that you don't have to have a long-term commitment to. You don't have to invest anything more than handling what they give you to handle. So I want to address that, and I want you to think about that. As After you take that assessment, I want you to give a lot of thought to that question because if you are not ready for a full-time job, I'm going to pray that you get a good temp assignment, but there is a, there is a thing in God called using up your graces using up your favor, I would rather you continue to tempt, Marla, until you can strengthen all these other issues in your soul. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes, ma'am. Because you've been through a lot. God keeps saying, but you fought a lot. You've had a, a lot of fights. And so sometimes we don't know when we're so, so weary. God has to step up and do that and create situations where we can relieve the stress and the pressure on our souls. So I want you to tempt for a little bit longer, at least another good 12 months. Let us work with you so that you can succeed going forward in something permanent because you don't need another failure in your mind. You can't take it. You just can't. And so, you know, if a person is going to give you some quality counsel and advice, and I'm giving it to you as a, you know, as a professional as one who has a company does and as one who has advised literally thousands of people, I hear in your voice, you don't need another failure. So let's stay with the tempting, and then we do that. As far as your church, I think that should be handled in your council. Okay? Yes, ma'am. All right. So, my girl, we did a lot. We covered a lot today. You are moving on. I'm excited. I expect great things from you. Father, we thank you so much for Marla. We bless her life. God, lead her and guide her as her dad. Continue to enfold her in your arms. Let her feel that love, that warmth, that that desire and acceptance she needs. God, deliver her from abandonment and neglect from rejection in the orphan spirit that is dogging her heels. And, Lord, as you, as you lead her and entrust, us into our, entrust her into our care, God, show us how to bring the best out of this hidden gem and this quiet blessing that you have struggling in purpose and destiny. God, I thank you for her. Bless her life. Give her good temp jobs. Give her easy, problem-free ones right now, God, so that she can get healed and stand up and pick up that plow and do what you needed to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you, my beloved. We will talk soon. Ma'am, thank you. You're very welcome. God bless. Prophet Ashley, how are we doing? 
We are doing well. Um, time to wrap it up. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> That's what that means. I did not know what that meant. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for joining me again today. Remember, Blog Talk Radio, you can go back and listen to it again and again and again. And some of you all will love it. When you listen to it, you can pull your pieces out if you've got counsel today. All the better. Enjoy it. And also remember, share, 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 and then share some more. Because the more you share, the more you help us reach the nation. Some of you have said to me, Dr. Price, you should be this, you should be that. It begins with you sharing and with you sharing like crazy. Because as you share, I spread, more people get healed, more people get blessed, and more people get the answers that make free. That's what I get. I give you the truth that makes free because everybody who is in captivity is bound by a lie that they believe. And we we need to overturn that lie to turn that captivity into liberty. That's what Jesus meant when he said, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And so that is what we're talking about here. We have to leave you. Join me again Sunday. Don't forget, Congregation of the Mighty, join us at 10 o'clock for Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity. Until then, shop around my website, drpaulaaprice.com, and just load yourself up with the wisdom of God meant for you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.